All right. This is episode 207, we think. We did math real quick. and It's not. It's not? No, it would be uh, 206. We're gonna. Well, maybe we'll just make it to. Maybe we'll make Ryan? it to a seven. But if, for whoever's listening, it's either episode two hundred six or two hundred seven. Because I could be wrong. Believe it or not, we pre-record these things and we don't do them live. What? I know they sound like they're live because they sound so good. Yeah, that's right. Like we're we're right there in front of us. Yeah. Um, and I think it's gonna be tradition that we have this guest on every hundred episodes. Yes. Because. We said we wanted Devin on a lot sooner because <laughs> for a long time, he was one of our most engaging fans. Of the for podcast. sure, yes. And we would post something and he would be the one to respond. So and he, now I should have brought a shirt for later. you at this point. Yeah. Honorary member. I don't know if you want that. But. Of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Erica, where are we today? We're at, well, we're at Henniker, but we're talking Wild Bloom. That's right. And if you listen to episode 107 with Henniker, we actually mentioned Wild Bloom. We kinda did. briefly. Yeah. Um, but if you want more of Devin's backstory, how listen he got into episode. beer, and all of the knowledge that he has, because honestly, probably one of the more knowledgeable guests that we've had on the podcast. Thanks. Or, shut up. I'm not fluffing your ego or anything. <laughs> Gosh. I'm just stating a fact. <laughs> Don't thank me. Just take it. Own it. <laughs> we know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're more like built, though, now. Have you been lifting? A little bit. Oh, shit. Oh, squats <laughs> over. Squats over. <laughs> we got a gym in the back of the brewery. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> what are the lifting kegs? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you want to listen to Devin's episode 107 uh, with Henniker and learn about the beer that they're bringing there, that he's also making there. Um, mm. But uh, Wild Bloom <laughs> is your newest entity. Couldn't get enough yeah. of Henniker. So Wild Bloom is a venture, another brewery that operates within Henniker Brewing but different license structure. It's a alt prop through the federal and it's a tenant brewer through the state. So it means that we have our own license, our own brew house, our own everything. We just rent space from Henniker and it's ran by my wife and I, Beth. Hey, Beth. Hello. Thank Yay. you for joining us. Thanks for having me. We're going to have you on every 207 episodes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so cool. Uh, husband yeah, so wife the, duo, that's it's awesome. Yeah. It's been something we've been planning on for a long time. It was actually part of the reason that we kind of made the shift to New Hampshire. I thought because, I was going to say you, why you got married. Well, if she yeah. probably didn't want to do that, yeah. I'm not saying we wouldn't be, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but... It'd be a struggle. Yeah, it would definitely be a struggle. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how old is Wild Bloom at this point? We are about a year and a half. It was Labor Day of 2020. We released our first batch. Yeah. Which was? Uh, Gnome Shoes, which has kind of morphed into becoming our flagship beer. And that is basically a riff on if Le Chouf was to create a low ABV version of that beer, which they don't, and it's very sad. Yeah. But so we, you do. But we do, and it was really, we just love those. A lot, of, like, in Belgium and wherever else, they have these awesome low ABV estuary beers that don't travel well. So we didn't get them here, and they wouldn't ship them, so they just shipped the high ABV ones. So we really decided we wanted to start making those sort of things because they have to be drank fresher. And that's, we were like, we can supply that. Yeah. Um, why did you want to open Wild Bloom? You already a work as a brewer. Yeah, right? like, when, we, asked, we just asked Jen, like, when, she yeah. when do you guys sleep? Uh, never, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the idea behind it was we can start up. We don't need investors. We can do this thing in cash up front. We can start it that way, not owe a ton of money up front, buy the brew house, buy stuff as we're going along. While Beth and I both have full-time jobs, 
we're able to continue, because we're not taking a salary from Wild Bloom, we can just keep putting anything we're making back into the company. Okay, we need to eventually have more kegs, we'll buy kegs, we just bought more hoses, we buy this, that. All the piece that we'll eventually need, mm-hmm. that you know, we can complete the whole kind of thing, and the eventual loan of the build-out will be much less because we'll have 75% of the equipment. Yeah. Are you eventually going to have a tap space, you think? That is the idea, okay. yep. Yeah. All right, so for people who don't know, Wild Bloom is, what, I mean, what, what are you known for at this point? I mean, a year and a half, it's going to be- What are you? Yeah, what are you? <laughs> so yeah, so it's basically, we make a lot of yeast-driven beers, a lot of low ABV stuff, some higher, like just a few, but mainly I'd say 90% of what we make is all sub five and a half percent, and most nice. of it's sub five. That's awesome. And it's really yeast-driven beers is what we're kind of going for, yeast-driven. And also the other thing about Wild Bloom is that all the ingredients, except for one or two, are all sourced from New England. Cool. Love it. So we're working directly with the farmers on what they're growing and getting that, you know, whether it's malted or something else to spec or growing a different variety or whatever else it is. We're working directly with them and keeping, you know, the dollars in their pockets. Yeah. We love that. And you're only sold because you don't have tap space. You are sold like in stores though. Yeah. So we self-distribute around the state okay. and we do farmer's markets as well. Yeah. Cool. So it was because we're out of Henniker we cannot be poured on the taps here. And also we really didn't want that crossover mm. of saying, is this a Henniker beer? Right. Is it a Wild Bloom one? These two things are the same brewery because in the state we already have one of those, uh, Schilling and Resilience. Yeah, yeah. Right, but Resilience right. is part of Schilling where yeah. Wild Bloom is not part of Henniker. We wanted to make sure there was no crossover in that with consumers. It's confusing enough yeah. 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 that we really <laughs> didn't want to go down that yeah. road. Yeah. But um, the uh, farmer's markets, which ones do you pop up at? All of them? <laughs> so we are at the downtown Concord Winter Farmer's Market, which is Saturdays from 9 to 12 in Eagle Square. Um, in the summer, we're hoping to do the Concord Summer Farmer's Market this year. Um, and we are at the Canterbury Farmer's Market on Wednesdays from 4 to 6.30. Um, we do that one every second and fourth Wednesday of the month. Um, it's not every other. It's not every other. <laughs> right. Yeah. Second because those fourth. five. Five months. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that screwed us up last year. But um, that one is really super fun. Yeah. And yeah. Get- so that one's great because there's no open container law at it. Because it's, Hell it's yeah. in the evenings. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. It's happy hour. It's yeah, in the right. evening. So you crack open a beer and you buy some veggies. That's yeah. awesome. And, and they always have like a band. bluegrass band. Yeah. yeah. And one of them, you do a donut and beer pairing. I always feel like your post, like it's, yeah. we're going to pair this donut with this beer this weekend or whatever. Yeah. And just is like, I not necessarily there. donuts. It's baked goods. Baked from goods. Our friend, yeah. Yeah. That's um, what it is. Table, who's an awesome baker, Chelsea. She's awesome. And she actually just as of a couple weeks ago started making almost all the stuff she's baking with, with local grains as well. Oh, that's great. Oh, so yeah. it's a we really like good symbiotic. Yeah. yeah. It's been awesome with her as working through, she's like, oh, and where do you get this from? Who am I supposed to talk to about this? So yeah. using the connections I have within grain to get her access to those ingredients too has been really cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, Beth, do you run the social media? I do. Yeah. So I mean, this <laughs> not is not well. No, I was no, gonna say, no, you do great. Um, I was going to say the perception of Wild Bloom is actually bigger than I think what it actually is. Thanks. Uh, so that's a, that's a huge. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, it's a little hard because you know since we're both working full time, it's yeah. like when do we take pictures? Where do we take yeah. pictures? Like yeah. And what is the want, algorithm this week? And all yeah, that stuff. you don't want pictures in my cubicle at work. But you include that's your dog a lot, which I love. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> He's nice. What are yeah. you? What's, what is your full time gig? Um, I work for the Tree Care Industry Association, so we do, uh, like, safety programs for arborists. Yeah. Very important. Yeah, for for sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so how important is social media to launching a brand that's only sold in distribution or farmer's market? I don't know. That's a hard question, actually, because it seems to be super important, but we don't get a lot of people coming to the okay. farmer's market yeah. that are like, hey, we saw this on social media. We're coming out. Um, so we have a weird relationship with it where I think it's very different for us from other places that have tap rooms where um, some a lot of the people that follow us, I think, don't necessarily come out to, to find our beer. Like, they'll go to a local store, but... yeah. Which has helped a lot because then we can kind of direct them towards where they can find it. Yep. And then also I think that does help our relationship with those stores where it's, yes, like you can't come get it from us, but go visit the store near you because we do supply them. And then right. that store is happy that we're feeding people to them yeah. instead of taking it away. So I feel like right now and what we're doing, we're really working to build those relationships more with accounts. And that is kind of awesome for us because hopefully you know after we have our own brick and mortar we're going to maintain that level of self-distribution right and we're going to be able to maintain supplying them with the product those people those want. already customers yeah. We have. Yep. yeah so let's backtrack for a second yeah. what beer do we have before this the beer we had before this was chickadee and that yes. is a grisette and for me it's very almost like lime zesty kind yeah. of honeydew mm -hmm. and Agreed. a nice tartness to it. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. that a lot of that flavor comes from the yeast. It's yes. not from hops. I'd say 99% of that one comes from the yeast because there's basically less than a handful of hops in that beer. Yeah. If you're comfortable talking about it, what yeast strain did you use for that? So that one is Bretois. So that yeah. one was oh. what everybody used to think was a Brett strain right. back in 2010 <laughs> and it was proven to be a sack strain. So it takes forever where it's goofy because it's a 4.4% beer, but it's like six weeks in tank. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Because the first, yeah, <laughs> oh, the first 90% of it ferments in about four days and the rest of it takes another four weeks to finish. Wow. Yeah. So it just has this really long cycle time on yeah. it. But, Slow roll. Yeah. yeah, but you do not get that complexity in a low ABV beer if you're trying to push that. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're drinking Bear Camp right now. And like, if our listeners know, I am on such a smoked beer kick what is it the Rausch beer you now are right now like a smoked yeah. golden ale like thank you um so good smoked peat or what's uh, no this is an oak smoked wheat malt okay cool yep so there's an oak smoked wheat where it's a 70 percent oak smoked wheat it's a kolshi strain really simple and just let the smoke shine on yeah. this one it yeah but it's not an overwhelming it, where your mouth doesn't it's also for me some smoke starts to taste like meat Mm. This one goes yeah. campfire, right. and some also can go ashtray. Again, this one goes Ooh. straight campfire, <laughs> so it just stays. <laughs> Ash doesn't taste good. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it does yeah. not. It does yeah. not. Yeah. No, I love it, and you're right. It's it's campfire. Um, it's, it's light. Yeah, it's yeah. light. It's yeah. easy drinking. It's not overpowering. Some smoked beers are like, oh, that's a lot of smoke. Yeah. <laughs> so the really good. comment that I get the most about this beer, it's the most drinkable smoked beer. Yep, it, absolutely. I would agree with that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That I've had. Yeah. yeah. This one's 5.1%, so it's a little bit heavier. Heavy. I, I know, oh, how dare yeah, you? We're, we're getting crazy right now. Um, Beth, when did you first hear of Wild Bloom as like a idea? I think first date. Well, we've been yeah, pretty much. We've been together for 10 years, so then 10 10 years it wasn't Wild Bloom then. No. What, what was no. it back then? It there was, was no name back uh, then. No, it was just a un, name. unnamed hurry <laughs> for eight years probably and then it kind of we were like oh this is actually coming to fruition we kind of need a name yeah. so who, who came yeah. up with the name <laughs> um 
Beth did in a roundabout way. Yeah. So Beth's degree is in horticulture. So we really wanted to intertwine flowers into the whole concept. Yeah. And we talked about wildflower because that was kind of perfect. Because it's what you're brewing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but wildflower is actually a name of a brewery in Australia that's distributed here that does all sour uh, and wild and like really, really, really cool stuff. Yeah. And okay. he's from Texas. So we're like, let's not let's, step on yeah. our toes there. Yeah. yeah. And so us being yeast driven and kind of Belgian centric, we looked up what is wildflower in Dutch. And it turns out it's wild bloom, but it's B-L-O-E-M. Oh, okay. interesting. But we really didn't want people asking for that wild blown. <laughs> yeah. So, right. Yeah. Uh, come on, yeah. you got to educate the beer drinkers. <laughs> right. yeah. So we changed it to wild bloom, and that's kind of how it just fell in line. Yeah. And after that, I, I love it so much more than wildflower. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little different. Yeah. yeah. It really just kind of fell in line. And I, it, like, I could not be happier. It was a name, like, we had, I don't know how many different renditions of different words. And, you yeah. know, you say something a million times and every word sounds terrible. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And Bloom almost kind of like you were saying speaks to the yeast, too. Like, yeast kind of mm -hmm. blooms, blooms in a sense. Yeah. Um, so, it's, and they're fragrant. And it's, yeah, and it really ties apart. And, and a lot of the beers are that kind of light, spritzy, airy, bright kind right. of realm. So, it kind of all plays into what we're making. Yeah. yeah. We were joking about educating the beer drinker, but... Grisette, uh smoked golden ale. Mm -hmm. Are you educating your drinkers? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is the hope is yeah. that, you know, I think for a long time the beer industry was driven by education. When? Uh, when I got into beer. So we're talking. Okay. Like 2013? We're talking 2007. Okay. Um, yeah. And oh, so, that's nice of you. Yeah. <laughs> so we're talking about like, you know, even back then it was you were telling people what a porter was. And you were telling people why. Oh, it oh, like oh that. I know what you're saying. Uh, yeah, I thought yes. you were meant like, oh, the, the beer industry was like so educational for people. I was like, what? Really? No. <laughs> uh, it, it was, though, yeah. because people walked into tap rooms and you had people behind a bar no one wanted to engage were. and they yeah. wanted to mm -hmm. tell you what things were and where flavor came from. Now it almost seems like we're taking the easy way out and just giving them what they already want, yep. which is one way of doing about it. But I think because of that and because of social media, we're getting uh, homogenization of taste. Mm -hmm. where it's everything is starting to kind of blend and taste the same across a lot of different brands. I didn't say that with like IPAs or double IPAs. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so I yeah, do you beer. have an IPA? We do not. Is that on purpose? Yes. yes. Okay. So talk about that. Why? Oh, um, after this from our break. sponsor. <laughs> Did you know that your favorite Massachusetts breweries use hops from a local family-owned hop farm right here in Massachusetts? Our friends over at Four Star Farms are there for you whether you're a commercial brewery or a small batch home brewer. Make sure to head over to their website today and get your hands on some of the best and freshest hops available locally. Cheers! our local homebrew shop beer and wine hobby you can get everything you need to make beer wine cider cheese and more not sure where to start they have knowledgeable staff there to help beer and wine hobby is family owned and located in danvers massachusetts visit their website beer-wine.com and use our promo code brutes for 10 percent off your online order today Shirts on Tap is the box subscription service for craft beer lovers. Each month, Shirts on Tap partners up with seven different breweries from across the country and collaborates on a sweet custom shirt design. 
We've been teamed up with Shirts on Tap since the inception of the podcast and are proud to announce a new promo code for all of our listeners. To get your first shirt for $5 off, go to the link in our description below and use the promo code. And remember, drink better beer, wear better shirts. All right, so we mentioned IPAs. Yeah, so yes. we're not doing any IPAs just because that's really not what we drink. And it's they're already so well done out there. Why are we going to compete on that when we are self-distributed, where we have so much availability of, you know, the market to play in as far as... There's only like four grisettes out there. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Our so, mission is to like educate people that they love Belgians because they don't realize that they do. Yeah, I agree. Well, yeah. I think a lot of times people, and do not get me wrong, I think Al White is a great Belgian. Mm -hmm. But they, that's what they, they think about when they think that's Belgian That's what beer. they think, Belgian beer. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, actually so interesting if you look at Allagash, they've started removing Belgian from almost all their beer descriptions. Marketing. Yeah. 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 And I think that's a really, in that kind of way, where that's why like Gnome Shoes, the our kind of flagship blonde, is not a Belgian blonde, it's just a blonde. Yeah. yeah. I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to follow their suit because if they've found that to be worthwhile, I'm not going to include it. Yeah. yeah. There's a reason for it, right? Yeah. I think, uh, Ryan, yeah. How are you going to convince someone to buy your blonde or your grisette instead of an IPA? Like, for me, it seems like having at least one IPA, so they have it, right? They're going to buy it, most likely, because mm -hmm. it's an IPA. And then if they like it, then they'll go try your other stuff. So how are you going to convince them to do that without the IPA? We're finding at the farmer's market, there's almost an equal number of people saying, oh, you don't make an IPA? oh, you, you don't make an IPA, this is why I like you. That's rad, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's almost, yes, we do realize we're going to cut out part of that market, mm -hmm. but the more I think about what that market of specifically the New England IPA kind of thing is, is it's almost, for lack of a better term, incestual, mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. they're drinking, it's the same hundred people in an area that are just drinking the same beers from the same over breweries. Over and over. <laughs> and so I really do believe it looks like a much larger part of the market than it actually is. I'm gonna uh -huh. get a lot of shit about do it. It's the Nickelback of beer. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> do you think the same thing is gonna translate well on the shelf without well, that human interaction? Well, we're only on the shelf. Well, at stores. the farm, I'm talking like compared to a farmer's market where you can yeah, talk it to actually someone. has been because yeah. that's like, you know, where we do sell a little bit of beer at the farmer's market, but mm -hmm. I'd say 90% of it's sold in stores. Excellent. And we're seeing that exact translation of people being like, yeah, you're the option that if someone says, I don't want IPA, we're giving them your beer. Excellent. So that that's seems awesome. like it has been translating. Like I said, we do know we're cutting out some of the population mm -hmm. and that's just some of the hit we're going to take to hopefully gain the rest of that population as real fans of the brand. Where those people that are IPA heavy are fans of IPA, they're not really a huge fan. They're not loyalists yeah. per se. Yeah, yeah and they're, they're a huge fan of that brand as long as they're cool for that one to two years. And right. then it's yep. they drop off to the next cool one. Right. Like, and that's great. I love that idea that they're that engaged. For yeah. sure. I think you're definitely hitting a, a group of people, though. I mean, brewers, us. There's definitely a group of people who are, like, over IPAs mm -hmm. and really just want something that's clean, easy drinking yeah. that they can have you know, six of <laughs> at a time if they want. And they can hang out for four hours and not go home sloshed. I mean, the way I think about it is like in the 80s, like sushi was not big, right? You know, if you asked how many people have eaten sushi around the table, it would be like nobody. Now today it's more common. So it's like, I feel like, this beer, if you educate people and they're like, it's not that weird, you know what I right. mean? It's like, a slow burn. It's going <laughs> to yeah, yeah. take more time. It's going to take more education, but that's just 
yeah. almost the kind of thing of knowing what we're getting into. And you have yeah. the time for and it. And at the You're end of the day, it's, it. it's beer, right? Like, who doesn't like, I mean, there are people who don't like beer. And the other thing is that when people come up and they say, I only like IPAs, what else, like, what do you have that I want? Yeah. And I'm like, well, we actually don't make an IPA, but if you're looking for something that's really bold and this and that, why don't you try Bear Camp? Yeah. Or if you like the lighter Once side. Bold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you like the lighter side of it, try Chickadee. It has a lot of those same citrus flavors you like, but it's mm. going to be a different kind of beer. And quite a few of them come back and they go, I really love that. Or I drank two of those. I loved them, but I actually want this. And so it's, yeah. um, we're finding a lot of that when we can engage directly yeah. with consumers. So that's, it's been interesting. The other reason why we're probably not going to do one most likely ever is because with us sourcing all of our ingredients strictly from New England. Yeah, it's hard to get the hops and everything. Yeah, I just don't really, we could probably do some awesome like more West Coasty kind of stuff. And Definitely. as they grow more hops, yeah. they don't really attribute the kind of thing you'd want out of a New England. Mm-hmm. So why am I going to try and force that ingredient? Or are we going to change our business model and change what we're trying to do and what we believe in to make one specific beer? Yeah. Uh, yeah, don't bother. It helps that your can <laughs> art is simple. I love the and, can uh, art, yeah. A lot of times you go to the package store, right, and it's like... What is this? What is this? Like, I know what this <laughs> There's is. There's like, Oompa right Loompas and whatever else um, all over the can. How, how important is marketing for you guys because you're only in stores? <laughs> so that is a huge factor because... I'm going to have some more of this. Is yeah. No, please yeah, go yeah. Yeah. Um, Finish be- it off. <laughs> because we need people to find the beer on the shelf without us engaging directly with them, like Ryan was just saying, that we... We don't have that one-on-one to talk to them about it. Is that the label does bring them in because it is, simple. it's crisp, it's clean, it's simple, and it's also a repeated image for us. Every label yep. does have one to two Easter eggs on it, so there's Ooh. one or two things changed every single okay. time. But generally speaking, there's a moon. There's a moon, nah. <laughs> and then uh, where it says "drink local" is a bear inside the state. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, who so did, who does the can art? Our friends, Lance and Julie, they run FRW Studios. Give them a shout out, yeah. Yep, and they are awesome. She has been involved in beer for 20 years. Oh, wow. She was actually went to college with Beth. Yeah. Oh, that's we awesome. We went to Keene State. And nice. so Julie nice. was the graphic designer for the BA for like 10 years. She worked closely with Ray at Cicerone. She was the designer for Stone and Oscar oh, Blues cool. and a bunch of other stuff yeah. out there. Like she's now doing, I think she works for like 50 different breweries. And so oh, the logo and our branding and labels were our wedding present. Aww. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's nice. It's, it's, uh, other thing is you guys are in 12 months cans, which is like the New Hampshire it's thing. It's a New Hampshire thing. It's the New Hampshire thing, I think. I we had wish this conversation it was a little bit more. Yeah. 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 We are really, so we're doing four pack, 12 ounce, and that for us, we do a one beer as a four pack or as a 16 ounce. Which no. 12 ounce, four, six pack. There we go. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I was going to be like, yeah. 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 And uh, it really was just, the styles kind of want that. Yeah. We're, we're making mm-hmm. them so that you actually drink it and then you want the next one. Yeah. And it stays cold throughout. If you're doing right. a 16 ounce, maybe you don't grab the next one, but you might drink two if they're 5% or yeah. under. Right. But you may not drink two 16 ounce cans. The other thing on that is playing a little bit of kind of, you know, margin game. Yeah. Is that if you're buying a four pack, like 12 ounce for $10, that's actually the same price as almost if, like, I think it's a 14 or $15 six pack. So we get to keep a decent margin out of it, but you're still keeping. Like, yeah. the price on the shelf looks awesome. Yeah. In a perfect world, you wish it was in bottles. 
<laughs> Certain ones I wish wasn't bottles, actually. Uh, yeah, Beth's like, reaction was no, perfect. No, no. <laughs> now, Beth hates bottles. Fancy ones we haven't made yet, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I like fancy beers and bottles. Yeah. Yep. Like there's, we have, uh, we bought some, some like wood, so we're hoping to do some Brett Saisons and mm, things like that. Nice. That should be in bottles. Definitely, yeah. I like really those great bottles. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I don't yeah, think yeah. that should be canned. I think everything we have in a can right now belongs in a can. Okay. Yeah. And it's also the occasion for drinking. Like all the beers we've done so far have been... They are designed around an occasion. They're designed to mm-hmm. be active. They're designed to do after something. Yeah. And they're not meant to be, like, precious. Right. Like, they may be, like, obviously I love them. Of course. But <laughs> they're not meant to be a precious thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, served all the can or glass, do you care? I like glass. Okay. Beth would say can. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would wow. say can, too. Right. <laughs> what would you say? Do dishes. Yeah. I think every once in a while you'll find a beer where you do taste a difference. Um, but I will say it will seem like it's definitely fresher longer in a can instead of in a glass. I enjoy glass. It looks For cool, but it's of my like... Beers. I would say some lagers, I'm just like, eh, I'm just yeah. drinking from a can. So You we're can't tr- shock in a bottle. <laughs> so we're drinking... <laughs> Yeah, We're drinking Pinecone. Pinecone is up next, yeah. So and pine- this is not the one that you would be like, if you like IPAs, drink this one. Yeah, so when we have it, we'll direct oh, that right, to yeah. them. But there is a thing of, if you're a big fan of New England IPAs, I'm not 100% sure that you would even like oh. this at all. This is like the beer, I think. That it's my, more West Coast. My, mm-hmm. I, I hate to be like, my dad was looking for this one, but like I'll bring home like hoppy <laughs> beers and he'll be like, why do you like all those fucking hops? <laughs> so this beer was designed... <laughs> yeah. um, to be as if Sierra Nevada was created today in New England. Yeah, I was going to say. So it is 100% whole cone cascade. It's a really simple yeah. main malt house pale, a little bit of their wheat, and just whole cone cascade. So super simple. Um, so whole cone instead of pellet. Yeah. Why is that? And is, this, is that just for this beer? Uh, no, almost everything we use is whole cone. Wow. So, yeah, yeah why? Um, you get, so every single time you process something, you remove something. Sure. So the pelletizing process, it basically heats it up as it's combining. You lose one thing in it, and as you go to an extract, you lose another thing. And it's not saying you're not getting a different, better flavor out of it. Getting a different flavor. But what's yeah. lost is, a, is a, like a hint of grassiness that mm-hmm. I absolutely love, and like freshness that just goes away, and I'm in love with that flavor, so yeah. I want more of that. Yeah. Yeah. This is a nice flavor on Noted. this. This is not uh, super bitter. No, it's palatable, so you know. The thing about main grown Cascade is if you grow, so we're talking about the hop yard in Gorham. Yep. And if you grow whatever the hop is somewhere else in the world versus there, it's be different. it goes sweet citrus yep. specifically. Yeah. So their hops go sweet citrus. And so for me, this gets it like candied orange kind of flavor. I was going to say, it throughout. almost tastes sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a very, very, very dry beer. Yeah. So that sweetness is all from that Cascade, very which you interesting. don't get in any other Cascade. Are you able to do like hop selection for them or no? Not really. Uh, not really, because they only <laughs> yeah, grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They don't grow you a You get what lot. you get, kind of. Yeah, but they do. So we are lucky enough that, like, we're pretty good friends with them that I can go and say, hey, guys, before you go ahead and send it off to be pelletized, I want X amount of pounds of this for pellets, right. X amount yep. of this. And they do give a pretty awesome selection to so us. So now, how do you keep them? I mean, do you just brew it whenever? I mean, you can't just brew it fresh. No, so they are dried. 
Okay. So okay. it's dried, so it stores well, and then yeah. they pack them into like uh, oxygen per yeah, yeah. bag, so okay. it does stay f- throughout the year. And then it's in your freezer until you're ready to. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very we cool. do do a fresh hop. Yeah, I was gonna ask. Yeah. 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 And so the fresh hop beer is really cool because they That's again a at the mad hop dash beer. to get the beer and then get it mm-hmm. going. Right? Yes, yeah. mad dash. But they also have a main wild hop that they're currently working on having. Very cool. Trademarked as the first hop to come out of New England. So they oh, that's a, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, so they found it, brought it back, and found out it was growing incredible. And it's this almost pineapple bomb where Ooh. the theory is it was most likely cluster because that's what grew wild mm-hmm. here. Okay. Yeah. And then it's mutated over the last couple hundred years. So whatever it is now. And yeah. we put it in a Saison we call Forage, and it is amazing. Yeah. That'd and be good for a Saison. Yeah, it just really expresses itself in this awesome way. We can actually grab some after. We have a little bit left over. Ooh. So now I have more questions about this because I just find it really interesting. Yeah. So. Nerd. I know. No, people are going (laughs) to, our listeners are going to love it. No, but like, so with fresh hot beers, like legit fresh hot beers, you generally want to drink them soon, right? Yes. That's why I said, let's go try it. Yeah. Right. So how does that work now with a beer that you're still using a whole cone hop? Does that aroma and everything else you're getting from the whole cone dissipate after no it doesn't as long as for a whole cone it's been dried it's Mm -hmm. perfectly held like uh like even sierra nevada sierra nevada uses primarily whole cone now still gotcha so on almost like sierra nevada pale is 100 percent whole cone still that's crazy so it has no problem (laughs) as long as it's dried holding up yeah if if you have a shitty way of drying it then yeah it's gonna be rancid essentially yeah but no problem there at all Okay, very cool, very cool. And it's most places don't work with it because you have to kind of order them before the season. They just take a lot more space, I would assume. They take up a ton more space. And also, they're harder to work with. Most brew houses are not set up to be able to use whole cone. They don't have enough, like, whether it's the bottom of your kettle, you know, some kind of, like, mesh filter, whatever it is, to get those hops out. So they don't have the processes and things to use them. And that's, you know, why would you set your brew house up to be more complicated? Right. (laughs) Uh, Tank storage. Uh, for you, I mean, I'm assuming you don't really care at this point, like for timing and everything. At that point, you you brew to yeah, what you so want at this point. We kind of just brew what we want. Yeah. As far as we we sit down, Beth and I, we talk about what do we want to see come up, which beers do we want to have come back, and so we're very selective about what we're producing now. So right now, I think we only have nine beers that we've done yep. and we're only adding them on when we see a reason or a niche or something else to add because we're basically can sell out pretty quick if we want to. Yeah. And so adding on is it more an exclusivity thing or is it a No, it's a time factor. Okay. Yeah. With running it as a, you know, nights and weekends kind of idea, it's yeah. it's purely an element of time because we have to brew and then deliver and all that. But people might alert us. Exclusivity, which is not a bad thing. It's not. No, it's not a bad thing, but it really is just for us, it comes down to a factor of time. Right now we have two fermenters and that is all that I would be able to yeah, handle handle at this point. Yeah. So now why do you bring a beer back or brew a beer? You know, what, what are your reasons for bringing or not that bring style? Yeah. So when we look at, so like the next one we're adding on is actually we're doing it because of, uh, we became friends with people out of Concord. So Revelstoke is a coffee shop there mm. and like a little coffee roaster. And so we yep. said, what do we want to do? Let's brew a beer together. Let's make something fun. How do we create a coffee beer in a non-traditional way? What do we want to do about this? Because he's doing a lot of light roast things. He doesn't do any even medium or dark roast. Wow. Everything that he roasts is a light roast. So it's That's a lot crazy. of like- Ethiopian natural wash where you're getting that mm-hmm. blueberry, that lemon, those pops of like fruit in there. 
So how do we come up with a beer that would express that really well and not mask it within like a stout, a port or whatever mm-hmm. else? So let's do something to express that. So we, after sitting down talking about it, both got super interested in it. So that was the reason to create another beer. Done. That's a good enough reason. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, where do you see Wild Bloom in the next couple of years? But what? Ryan is like giving me the death scare. He's like, if you, you don't wrap it up, if you don't go to the sponsors, snip that. Snip, 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 snip. <laughs> That's such a good office Just reference. Like, oh man, we need to make more office references in there. But uh, cue up the sound, sh- the uh, the sponsorship machine. Take it away. Please. Are you a solo artist, band, podcaster, or anyone else who needs recording services? Well, we got a place for you where your vision can become a reality. Welcome to Small Pond Studios, built by hand with heart and sweat equity by musicians for musicians. Go to smallpondstudios.io to reach out to get more information. And make sure you let them know that Brute sent you. Hey, Sound Guy Ryan here. Didn't know if you heard, but we're part of the Hopped Up Network. There you'll find other informative podcasts about beer. So go ahead, follow them on social media, and visit them on their website, hoppedupnetwork.com, to learn more about the people, beer, and breweries from around the country. And until next time, thanks for listening. Cheers. All right, so before the sponsor bump, we were talking about what's next for Wild Bloom. Uh, only being open for a year and a half, and that most of that year and a half being the pandemic. Mm-hmm. We're not going to count that. I mean, we're counting it like chronological. <laughs> it wasn't like, real. Like when you're celebrating your five years, we're definitely counting that year and a half. Yeah, but like business-wise, you're like, oh, shit, that was not real life. It seems a very odd year and a half, and it seems like it's flown by. Yeah, but what's next? For sure. So what's next is we would definitely like to have a brick and mortar. We need to figure out where that would be. We do love New Hampshire, obviously, with all the ingredients being sourced here. We want to, obviously, we're going to stay here. We're maintaining that whole thing moving forward. But a lot of it has been figuring out what does Wild Bloom stand for? Where are we going? What are we trying to do with it? And I don't think there's many people doing, not to interrupt, but doing what you're doing. So the copycat mentality is not really... No, and that, and it's kind of hopefully that, you know, we're not going to hit that and we're not going to come across that. So now it's the beers are not the copycat mentality. The, uh, the brick way, and mortar is not going to be here. The way to market is not. So now we have to make sure the brick and mortar won't be. Okay. And so that's, you know, taking some time to figure out how do we want to do it? How do we want it to look? What is all of that going to be put together? And that's, you know, not, not necessarily a daunting thing, but it's a lot of finding the right space. How are we going to... That's very, like, in, in all due fairness, like, a lot of New Hampshire breweries, they all look different. Yeah, a lot of them do. And a lot of them, you know, are... You kind of... They're either... You have the industrial side. You yeah. have the kind of... We're built in a house kind of way. Yeah. You have a lot of... And then you have shilling that's, like... We're going to be straight from Germany. And mm-hmm. We're going to be straight from Germany. <laughs> yeah. and we're going to build a giant spot on a river. Yeah, yeah right. Literally on a yeah. river. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of the thing for Wild Bloom that I think is a little bit of change of thought, and this is, you know, it kind of does screw with the idea of the brick and mortar, but it doesn't really. The idea that I want our beers to go along with an activity you're doing. I want them to be 
you've been hiking, you're going to sit down and drink a beer. You've gone on a mountain bike ride, you're now going to drink a beer. You're doing whatever. Yeah. These are good beers to do that. that so yeah. that's yeah. where yeah. the yeah. kind of feeds in. I, I'm, I think the industry is going to get a little bit tired of the I visited six breweries this weekend kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I want to make beers that go along with the activity, not that beers are the activity. Yeah. Because I think we need to get back to that. Well, the number one activity in New Hampshire is like skiing and hiking. So right. So I wish... Why not capitalize on that? Exactly. So if we can be in one of those areas that is that thing, then it's like, oh, not just those are brick and mortar represent this. Our beers represent it. It's all that whole thing as it ties together. Yeah. So we're going to put Wild Bloom in one of the AMC huts on top of one of the 4,000 uh, footers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to really that, work to guess. Yeah, yeah, that is, that is. Question I believe about, in you. <laughs> question about the brick and mortar. Um, oh, that oh, you going to do a brew pub or just straight brewery? So that has been, so New Hampshire, you have to do some form of Correct. Food. Devin, what are you whipping up? Are you, are you just going to do like <laughs> what you bare minimum? Or are you just going to commit to? The best paninis so ever. So we're going to do something really well. Great. So it's not going to be a throwaway idea. It's going to do the same exact thing that we're trying to do with the beers, which is mm-hmm. make world-class beers. So we're going to do one item of food and try and do that great. So awesome. what is your uh, go-to meal? What, what do you cook at home? Uh, kind of like- everything. <laughs> yeah. We cook a lot, pretty much every night. Oh, okay. Yeah. Never mind. That's awesome. <laughs> so, these beers, right? I mean, it's not like you can do much market tasting unless you're in Belgium, right? To be like, I want to make a grisette. And like, mm-hmm. you're going off of, I'm sure, a lot of research, maybe memory of having no. these beers. So a what trip is to it? Belgium. A trip to Belgium. <laughs> but actually, honestly, most of it isn't even really true to style. Most of it for us now is based. Oh, you upon, segued into such a. I was going to say, all right, question. now we got to yeah, segue into that. My favorite question, yeah. Is based upon that is goes back to the activity. Yeah. So the way I look at beer is slightly different. It's not I'm going out to make a grisette. Yeah. It's not I'm going out to make this. It's here's this either ingredient or here's an activity. Yeah. Now I'm going to reverse engineer that to be what is the best beer I can make to equal that activity. So what I'll do is I'll think about like chickadee originally was meant for canoeing. It was a specific canoe ride over here that leaves from down this way. And so it was like, what is the ideal beer that I'm going to be drinking while we are canoeing the river? Okay, what flavor profile do I want? I want citrusy. I want this. I want dry. I want low ABV. As I start to write that out, it starts to form itself in my head. Yeah. Well, it's so funny. I love that. It's so funny you mentioned that. Like every time, I mean, we've asked you, and, and Beth, I apologize. We can ask this question to you as well. We usually ask like your first memory of beer and it's like, the classic lawnmower mm-hmm. story. And it's like, yes, it's going to be like TBR, Coors, or what's, whatever it is. But a lot of times people associate that beer with the moment that they have. And I think that's lost recently because we're part of those Facebook groups, Hopheads. And I'm not, this is not to talk shit about that. It's just like, it's a picture of a beer. And it's like, are you really going to remember that Thursday night? Uh, in February that you posted this picture of a beer that's like, this is the best beer I've ever had. It's like, dude, no way. So one of my favorite interview questions that when we have to hire people is always, what is your favorite beer memory? Yeah. And it's always a time and place. You stole that from us. Come on. (laughs) You definitely did. (laughs) But what's your both favorite beer memory? We'll reverse the question on you. Beth. My favorite beer memory is when we went to Belgium, we got engaged at... Debrabendir. Yeah, Debrabendir. They make Petrus. Yeah. Do you even uh, remember the beer, though, that you were drinking? I think we were drinking Petrus. We were drinking. <laughs> so what we were doing is, uh, so Petrus is a fooder age beer, and it's a two-year fooder age. Wow. It is 100% 
every single fooder sits for two years. And so what we're doing <laughs> awesome. is we're going through and tasting fresh. We are taking tasting every six months throughout. And that's when we got engaged. That's so cool. Shit. That Aww. better be your answer. You're fucked. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it might tie into that. It was kind of part of the idea of do we love, like with Beth, not testing beer knowledge or info or what she cared about, yeah. but it was very soon after we started dating, I basically brought over like four or five Saisons. And so she lived just a fun. couple houses down. And I brought over four or five Saisons, and I'm like, you're going to love this style. <laughs> Did you, love, did, you love, oh, wow. did you love that style before? I had never had a Saison. Oh my God, that's awesome. Did you love it after? I did. Yeah. Okay, my, good. Like my favorite, favorite yeah. style of beer. To the that's point awesome. where I think we walked to a dive bar down the, down the street, drinking oh. a bomber of a Saison to make on a picnic table indoors. I love that. Yep. <laughs> Best Aww. stories ever, you guys. Those are not my first beer memories, but they're the, they're <laughs> they're the, the best, best one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I think a lot in the American beer culture um, has fallen into just like, how can we talk about the beer that's in front of us instead of just talking to the people around us? Exactly. And so I, we were actually just driving back from Vulgar the other day, which is the brewery in Franklin we were talking about yep. before the show started. We were driving back from there on Saturday. And as we were driving back, there's a rail trail that travels the whole way. And there was, after we passed one of the stops, there was these three guys and they were probably in their 50s or 60s. And they had their bikes leaned up against their trucks and they had three little camp stools set out and they're drinking some beers. That's awesome. And all I was like, I want Wild Bloom to be the beers they're drinking. Right. Did you stop and give it to them? I should have. If you had any of the cars, <laughs> yeah. I probably would have. Yeah. But like, that's the kind of thing where when I think about Wild Bloom, I think about those guys and yeah. that thing more than I do, I think, anything else. Yeah. I think what y'all are, are doing is, is special because um, we talked about differentiating yourself in the market. And do you want to talk about that? Like, I mean, how do you make a difference? And it's easy to, and I, I, I hate the word, when somebody says to me, like, it's easy, it's never really easy to do something. So I want to just flat out say that, but, you know, people have had success. It's quote unquote easy just yeah, but, to do status quo yeah. IPA. You know, IPA, pastry stuffs, and, yeah. and uh, kettle sours. And I, that is not IPAs. to talk shit about anything. That's and I there. mean, to quote you, Matt, that's how you catch a fire in a bottle. Fire in a bottle. I did <laughs> say yeah. that. Yeah, fire, yeah. yeah. I still don't know that phrase, actually, so it doesn't matter. But yeah. A hardcore fan right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, fire in a bottle. That's what I said. Yeah, you're right. But like. That's fucking awesome. It's almost. It's, yeah, fuck off, dude. <laughs> but, um. There are a lot of breweries who have had success with that, and I wish breweries continue to have success with that, but it's cool that you are exposing the brewer, the, the drinker yeah. to maybe not a different brand, but a different way of thinking about beer. Well, I think it also comes to time in the industry where I'm approaching. You're old in the I am old. Yeah. I'm approaching 15 plus years in, and so when I'm looking at that, I've, you know, this business plan for me, I wrote my first business plan in 2009. And That's that crazy. has changed so much since then from, you know, obviously 100% approach to market because back then you could only be distributed. There was no such thing as a tap. Yeah, and you were just doing bombers. Right. <laughs> yeah. It was bombers, <laughs> distro. That yeah. was it. Yeah. And so these different variations of what I've had and what I want to brew and this and that and the other thing has changed for so long where I think a lot of people, they go from, I'm a home brewer. I want to have my brewery. This is what I need to do to be successful. And I really do not want to have the idea of looking back at Wild Bloom and saying, that's not a brewery I want. Yeah. Because if you suddenly are making 
you know, 90% New England IPAs and you don't drink that style. Or if you're making 50% seltzer and you never drink that. Yeah. If you have to do that to survive, are you, why did you start the brewery? Because honestly, beer doesn't make enough money for me to own something that I don't want to own. It's a lot of work. It's yeah. a lot, a lot of, of work. Yeah. Like you yeah. could enter almost any other field and make more money. And it's expensive to start. Yeah. yeah. Very a, expensive. Yeah. So why do I want to look back or look down on my company and be like, ooh, I kind of hate, hate this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> So can we do it in the way of not making an IPA? Can we do it in the way of the approach to market with, you know, starting this way and then having a tap room and building up a following? I think we can. Um, My thing I'm looking at, obviously not approach to market, but what they're doing is off color out of Chicago. Mm -hmm. They're now 10 plus years in, never made an IPA. Wow. For 10 plus years, that's impressive. I feel like we've seen like a lot of people... And, and yes, I think we see lagers, pilsners, kolsch, whatever, um, being brewer-driven. Absolutely. And yeah. so it's saying, can we have a brick and mortar? And can we have a beer for someone that comes and says, I only drink IPAs. What do you have for yeah. me? Can we give them pinecone? Can we give them... But hasn't the industry gone through that and been like, I only drink Bud Light. What do you have for me? Exactly. And that's where we are going back to. I think the industry got away from education. We need to go back to taking that extra two minutes to talk to somebody. Yeah, it's harder. Yeah, it kind of sucks. But if that means I have a company that I look at and I say, I love you versus I hate you. Yeah, I'm into it. Who's more fickle, the the macro or the IPA, the hopheads? I would actually say the hopheads at this point. Mm, I was also going to agree with that. Like you get a lot of people that we can be like, so we do another beer called Party at the Moon Tower. Mm-hmm. And that's a Days and Confused reference. Yeah. yeah. And it's essentially a recipe that was based upon the year that that movie was based in. And so it's a all, like, all grain. So it's like U.S. pills. So it's Maine Ma- Main Malt House pills and Maine Malt House cornflakes. And that's essentially it. And yeah. so it's an American light lager. Yeah. So we can give them that thing. And we can be like, this is what American light lager tasted like in the 70s before they used corn syrup and rice syrup and whatever else. And yeah. That's why people like talked like so, uh, like Coors Light, back, Coors back mm-hmm. in the day, they were like, Coors is, back in the day was the best. Right. And, and yeah, was, like this is what you wish your Bud Light tasted yeah, like. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and so you can give those people that option. And really when someone's saying they love IPA, what they're saying today in New England IPA is they love citrus and they love sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you give them citrus and sweet in a different format? Absolutely. Yeah. Like there's a million ways of getting to different flavors, just understanding. But it's a name. Yeah. What is it you like about this? And if we then have that ability to talk to them directly, and maybe it takes that extra 30 seconds or minute to convince them you have to give them a little bit for free to be like, yeah, I'll actually take yeah. that. But we do have to give a lot of respect to IPA because a lot of times that is the... That was honestly a big change in the industry that brought in it was a like lot a change. of yeah, people. That was like so, the gateway yeah. beer for yeah. a lot of people. And I mean, I, I drank a ton of IPAs. Yeah. We've all been there. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And I obviously, I have nothing, no problem with them. At Henniker, we brew probably 70, 80% IPAs. Yeah. And that also good, good might- Good job with that, yeah. yeah. And there might also be part of that for Wildbloom is that we didn't really want to brew anything that was going to compete with something yeah. I was brewing at Henniker. Yeah. Right. Fair enough. Right. Fair enough. So you are brewing an American light lager though. Absolutely. Yeah, it's in tank right now. Right now. Yes. Yes. You drink some off the bright yes. or is it, is it, <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Sounds Open good. your mouth. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, we want our, our listeners to find Wild Bloom. So uh, what is the website, social media, so on and so forth? So the website is still under construction. That's okay. It's always a work in progress. Instagram and Facebook at Wild Bloom Beer. Yep. 
And uh, how can like a listener maybe find out where your beer is distributed or how they can get their hands on it at this point? Um, we try to post on Instagram when we do deliveries. Um, so that's probably the best way. Or just shoot us a message on Instagram or Facebook. They're and very responsive. Yeah. yeah. And we'll let you know where it's at. It's usually at the same bunch of stores every time. So our approach to kind of how we started distributing beer was picking one store in every area and distributing to it there. Yeah. So it was like one store in Nashua. We have two stores in Manchester because two good beer stores there. Yeah. One store in Concord, one store in Littleton, one store in Lincoln, one store in North Conway. So yeah, every you were in Seabrook time. for a little while too at the city. We should have never been. Oh, really? Wow. If somebody was buying yeah, and putting it there, that could be. Oh. I wonder where I, maybe I got the beer from you, then never <laughs> mind. Me, I'm going to say. Well, I'm not looking like that. Can we, can we put it there? That's the uh, best we're question. we Prost, actually. In oh. Hampton? Okay, okay. Cool. So down the road? Perfect, yeah. yeah. Not down, it's not us. really down the road, but it is. Yeah, it's so he's a new It's like an extra 20 minutes. No biggie. We can talk to the city, but yeah, so we... Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so for us, it really has been getting that one store and getting a solid relationship built with them so that we're not stretching us out so far yeah. so that when we do have a brick and mortar, we're not like, hey... Thank you for supporting us for three to <laughs> four years. But we're never coming back. <laughs> right. So let's look at these spots that we're distributing to and say we want to have a long-term relationship with them. And that's all, also, that's about what we can handle as far as working full-time, both of us, and having time to deliver. And everything is like an hour away, at least. I mean, do you just like work and deliver every day? <laughs> I mean, like, no. yeah. He does most of the deliveries, so and he's got a little more flexible of a schedule. Than yeah. I have way more flexibility where I can get here to Henniker earlier and the beer stored True. here. Like 4 a.m. True. Yeah, yeah, like 4 a.m. Yeah. It's really, yeah. really early. So no, no. sleeping. I, no. I can't do that. Are you even alive right now? Yeah. You're so chipper. It's like do coffee. You just, coffee. Coffee. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. A lot of coffee. <laughs> a lot of coffee. <laughs> Double yeah. roast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if our listeners get a chance to go to some of the farmer's markets, talk with Devin and Beth about the beer that's being produced because it's excellent. Um, I don't use the term world class. I know a lot of people use world class. I, I haven't had one. I, I'm Bold. I'll be honest with you. I'm not the biggest Belgian fan of beer, but what you're These doing are is good. what you think of a Belgian beer. When you're thinking of Belgian, you think of yeasty, yeah. phenolic, you think of all those other things. Phenolic, I, yeah. That's this, <laughs> right? Good buzzword. Yeah. Uh, these are very clean, easy drinking beers that you like. That you can yeah. make memories with. Aww. I mean, I don't, I don't I mean like to sound cliche, Aww. but I mean, like, I liked it though. I think we're I, a lot of times we're looking for beers that like. Just sometimes we're just checking a box off and drinking beer sometimes, and it sounds crappy, but I want to make some, I want to make some mems. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the idea behind it. Is how do we do low ABV things that you can have some of and you can you know bring along with you? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, if you do come see us at the farmer's markets, just to give a shout out to all the other vendors, because there are some really, really good other vendors besides us there. So you can get your cheese, you can get your bread, you mm. can get your meat, like greens, yeah, microgreens, everything. There's a ton of great, like, yeah. vendors in the Concord area. It's kind of it's bananas. It's worth the trip. Yeah. I well, we're going to have to do that. Noted. Well, Devin and Beth, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you in 100 episodes. <laughs> see you in 100. <laughs> <laughs> we came full circle a couple times this episode. So, uh, yeah. So, next couple of weeks, we got a couple of awesome episodes coming out for all of our listeners. Uh, make sure you check out Wild Bloom if you get a chance. And uh, if not, let us know uh, and we'll try to figure out a way to get it to you. Oh, yeah. Somehow. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So, uh, cheers. 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 Cheers.